<laughs> well, we are talking about. Recover. Uh, go. I All right. It was great. <laughs> great, great. All right. Welcome right. to the Blacktop Pulpit by the Church at Sunsites. I am Andrew, the pastor of the Church at Sunsites. And today I have with me Albert Kester, one of our elders. Uh, Ken Duffy, one of our church members, and PA, one of our church... What, is, what are we segregating church members and elders for? Yeah, <laughs> what's the question? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you, you're surrounded by federal agents, though. <laughs> All right. Got one there. One uh, well, one guys, um, what did you think about today's... Sorry. We're jumping right in. We're jumping right in. That was it, man. I, uh, yeah, we're jumping right in. What, I love that segue, but there's a thousand things in here I, 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 I would love to hit upon. Yeah. But there's one that I have kind of like arrows. Yeah. Oh, before we before <laughs> to that because I need to remember before we get started, I just want to point out our it's on this side our Soviet Moscow stickers. So uh, if you're keeping up with Doug Wilson at all, please pray for him and his family and uh, his ministry and what they're uh, struggling against there in Moscow, Idaho, and Doug Wilson. Oh. We're praying for you, brother. Absolutely. So, all right, go for it. Hit me. Hit me with your best it shot. was in the middle. It was in the middle of the of the of this of the sermon, but it was it just rang this resonating bell with me. Arrogance leads to isolation, ah. and for some, and you know what? I've seen it many many times, um, but I've never made the connection spiritually mm. that that arrogance and that pride leads yeah. to isolation. I mean, a really lonely, scary isolation. And, and it, I don't think I ever got that far crazed up with it, but I've seen it firsthand with some people that I actually know and some that I actually really care about. They get so caught up in that, but their their arrogance leads them to this isolation and they stand there with this false, false belief that they're actually perpetuating good stuff and they don't realize they're almost alone. Yeah. You remember, it's uh, sad. remember a few Sundays ago, um, I won't mention her by name, but someone walked in to join the revelation study. And because what was being taught wasn't something she discovered on on her own, right? Right. Because it wasn't something she discovered on her own, uh, she was finding it difficult to wrestle with. Now, my first response should be pray, pray for this person, right? Right. Uh, She's a sister in Christ, pray for this person. Um, But that unfortunately is, that's what lone wolf Christianity leads to. That's what isolation leads to. Uh, we use our, our energy. We're doing our daily quiet times. Nothing wrong with daily quiet times. I think everybody ought to study the Bible on their own, know the Bible's contents on their own. But those fall short if we're not part of a community of faith because we have no way to test what we are discovering on our own. Right. right. There's, there's uh, you no can, one to test it on. Yeah, you can. You can uh, whatever I learn or whatever I think I see in Scripture. It always sounds great to me because I'm the one seeing it, right? right. Um, it is only only in cross-examination that anything I think is, is tested, which is one reason we need the community of faith. If we are left to our own devices and the Bible, uh, again, the Bible is sufficient. I am not. We have to have discipleship, have to have the community of faith. And you know what? As, as profound as it is, that's one of the hardest things to teach people. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially, I don't, I'm, I don't want to use case history, but it's like when you get so beat up by a church, because they're in this arrogance, prideful spot that's leading to that isolation, they, 
it, it's just a it's a horrible it's a horrible road. It's a horrible road. That isolation, the, the, the arrogance, it, and then people end up getting a closed mind. I don't I don't think that's the right term. Sure, they turn off their learning cloak to coin Star Trek. They don't. They they refuse to learn anything anymore. And as soon as they think it goes their their own, what they believe to be right, then they have no backing of that. But what they if it goes against what they were taught, right? If it goes against what they were taught, it is automatically immediately wrong. But yet that's not the way Christ is, because these scriptures just stay alive. They mean something different to me almost every time I read them. So you got to leave the, the, that arrogance that leads to that isolation. That isolation is, is beyond deadly because you just don't want to learn anymore. What you were taught was right, and you know it for sure. Yeah. And, yeah, and and we receive our teachings from our, our favorite popular teachers of the day. Sometimes those become idols, and if they said it, cool. And, right. And that's what we believe now, and uh, and we, we never question it. And we're never part of a community that causes us to question what we think, which is unhealthy. That's yeah. one thing I love about um, – currently pursuing my PhD is I, I am forced to wrestle with a community of people who, who philosophize. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, and that's, that's my favorite part about it is, Oh, you're forcing me to question stuff. Oh, my professors are questioning my arguments. That doesn't normally happen in my church. Um, because, um, because I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable, yeah. but then I get into school and people are questioning what I'm saying. I need this I need it. Yeah. Keeps us sharp. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, one of the one of the difficulties we face is is having uh, all these preachers online that we learn and grow from, uh, because we're filled with knowledge from outside of us, but never growing within, and that's where we could have this head knowledge of who God is without being like edified by the local church yeah. and growing. Yeah, it was it was Paul Washer. Who said, and I appreciate the sentiment here. This was in the either the Calvinist documentary or the first American gospel documentary. I'm pretty sure it was a Calvinist documentary that uh, you can watch the best preachers on YouTube all day long, but if you're not part of a local church, you are not in the will of God. Now, mm. being as reformed as I am, I think it's impossible to be outside of the will of God because I think that's something that's set in heaven in the mind of God. But I do think it's possible to dishonor God with our actions, and that's what I think Washer was getting at when he said when he said what he did, mm. and, I, and I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think you just used that term outside the will of God. It's not what God would will. It was perfect. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's there, there's so many people. I shouldn't say so many. But there are people that have been taught something when they were young, and they can't let go of it, even though it's not scriptural. That's, oh, God, that's that. And not let go of it. And you can talk to you blue in the face. And you say, show me in Scripture where this is. And they will say things like, well, that's not important. What is? Uh, One of them is walking the aisle. You think that you know, if you walk the aisle, now you're saved. Once mm-hmm. saved, always saved. Mm-hmm. And you can talk to your blue in the face. They, they will not accept it because their family is headed down the wrong road. But they all walk the aisle, and it's it's frustrating because there probably isn't but about half of us that sit in church that are Christians. And I don't like pray God I'm on that half in general. Yeah, to be honest with you. Now, our church here, I'm sure there's a little more. They won't. People will not come around and sit around to hear scripture 
that doesn't coincide with her idea of who God is mm. or what he or how he operates. No, they'll leave. And that's that's just the way it is. It's their idea, though. That's yes. the thing that's killing exactly. them. Exactly. You know, you run into people all the time that think, "Well, I'll go up in the mountain and worship God." No, no, you won't. No. Now you'll go up there and worship self. You'll have a spiritual experience, but it won't be God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's even more dangerous. There are people. I hate. I, I, God bless them, but the old aunt, whoever it is, met Jesus in her rose garden 50 years ago, and since then she's done nothing, but she keeps talking about that. It's sort of like... That was an emotional raise, is what that was. The Mount of Transfiguration, when they, when, they, when they came down from that mountain, what did they run into? A kid that was possessed by a devil. That experience was not necessarily for them. It was for them to be steered with other people, and Peter didn't want to leave. Because he didn't understand why the Lord was transfigured in front of him. I love Peter. Peter reminds me of me. I have nothing to say. I say it anyway. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of uh, the instance in which Jesus healed a blind man. And when Jesus healed this particular blind man, he looked at the crowd and he said, What do you think? Was it, was it this man or his parents who sinned mm -hmm. to cause him to be blind this way? Mm. I don't know, Jesus or <laughs> neither. Trick question, Jesus and the trick questions. Uh, neither. This man was born blind so that the Father would be glorified. Mm. That's it. Mm -hmm. So that the Father would be glorified. Which is a segue into another thing that I wrote <laughs> down here. Great. Because you said, how many of us? Now, this, this was really big for me. I'm surprised I didn't circle it too. We put more of a burden on us than God does. <laughs> See? Yeah. I mean, how many times do we expect to have better, more awesome results than God would expect? Right. I mean, I, I, I'm guilty. I know I'm guilty of that. I am, but it's like that's boy. If that's just not a resounding point. Why do we put more burdens on ourselves than God does? God doesn't expect us to be perfect because we try. It's like we desire long. We, no, we, we like to feel like we're accomplishing. Right. We, we like to feel like we're accomplishing our salvation. Yeah. That's the, that's the that's, sinful nature. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that's ironic. When Christ said, come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. What was he talking about? You hear that from time to time. Mm -hmm. I think he was talking about your your obedience and your and your jump to God. You don't jump through all these hoops. Just come to me. Come yeah, to me. That's it. All you who are labor under the Pharisees, under the law, mm -hmm. come to me and I'll give you rest. Mm -hmm. The rest is not, you know, people use that all the time to rest. I know it has nothing to do with other things. It has to do with legalism. Yeah, or legalism, rather rather yeah. the opposite of legalism. The goodness of God. God knows Christ knows us because. He knows us experientially because he lived our life. He knows right. what temptation is. The father never experienced exponentially. Christ did. Whether he could sin or not, now you can argue about that until the cows come home. Mm -hmm. But he knows what our temptations are. That's why he can, can, can soak us when we're tempted because he knows what we've gone through. Just exactly. Mm -hmm. There's nothing new. And he, did it. and he did it. <laughs> he did it because he kept his eye on the father. If you look at Jesus, it, it, everything he did was for the glory of his father. Mm. The father always came first. Second was us, and he was always third. I, to this day, I think he considers himself third. We are, we are the apple of God's eye. Mm -hmm. I know he said about the Jews, but 
Jesus loves it. It is hard to believe, not hard to believe, it's hard to understand how an infinite God mm -hmm. can love something that's just messed up, mm -hmm. like just nasty. It's amazing to me. Well, look at Paul's grace in dealing mm -hmm. with the church at Corinth. Man, yeah, I would want to go in and just beat everybody, <laughs> right? <laughs> would. I probably would. Shoot <laughs> him! No, I mean, I don't. I don't understand that. You would that want to. You would want to, you would want to produce. You would want to produce uh, Soviet Corinth stickers and distribute them. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't that's when, right. When he, when he admonishes someone, he then turns around and builds them up. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. Yep. He doesn't. Yeah. No, he them just. There. Mm -mm. He, he says. And that, I think we ought to remember that whenever we're, we're you know, with our children or anybody else, discipline them, yes, but then don't, love. don't, don't, yeah. don't leave them. Yeah. What does scripture say? Provoke not your children. Right. To anger. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's discipline. People don't realize discipline. That's the root word for discipleship. Right. Exactly. All right. So a discipline correcting, it's always for the purpose of building up, not tearing down punishment would just be tearing down right parents do not need to punish their children they That's need right. to discipline their children yeah. right right and the same is true in a church um what do you think about um the idea paul said i'm applying this to myself figuratively uh expecting in order to safeguard the church right. for, for their sakes um what do you think about the idea of uh, correcting without calling out um i think that's a great approach to take not, not an exclusive one, obviously, because then you just kind of sound strange when you're dealing with sin. <laughs> yeah. So, Andrew, let's hang out for a little bit and talk about you know, lust. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think what's a really good approach to this is when you when you dialogue with people, uh, you think about what they're saying, and and if if you if you speak about the truths of God. Uh, whether it's a direct or indirect, like people ponder the things that are being spoken about. And then we naturally uh, tend to just uh, apply things to ourselves, usually in a wrong way when it's reading the Bible. But right. and I think when, you know, when it comes to just dialogue and conversation, we, we, we think about what's being said. And then we think about that according to my life. Yeah. So in, in, uh, in the, in the preparation stage and the development stage of writing, a sermon it never fails i'm in a passage of scripture and of course we here we 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 preach and teach lectio continua which means verse by verse and then we exposit the text whatever passage we are in uh, for that particular sunday and it never fails i'm working through the text and something jumps out at me and i'm like what oh i know someone in my congregation who needs to hear this oh okay. so my immediate thought and i'm uh you know this is uh, a <laughs> Inside the mind of Andrew Cannon. <laughs> you know, so, uh, <laughs> the quagmire. The quagmire, yeah. <laughs> the muck. I don't know if you want to spend too much time in here, guys. <laughs> but uh, I I think, oh, this applies to this person because I, I, I know their circumstance in life. They've opened up to me. Or, or in these passages where someone has been out of church for a while and Paul has been hitting this, like the importance of Christian community. And I'm like, so-and-so really needs to hear this and know the dangers of isolation from the Christian community. And, and then I, and then I get to see like how other people's lives are playing out. And uh, there are, there are two temptations. The first temptation is to hit that point as hard as I can, because I know someone needs to hear it. Mm -hmm. That's that's a temptation, right? The other temptation is, Oh, 
I shouldn't make that application, even though the text clearly leads there. And oh. and Paul here is showing us how how to get at that. Make figurative application, make general application. Don't spend too much time on something and trust the Holy Spirit to do mm-hmm. the rest of the work. And in this way, we love our congregation, even though we know the congregation's sins. And the same is true in personal relationships, I think. I, I know someone else's sin that I am in a personal relationship with. I know the sins of my children or grandchildren. Mm-hmm. I, I know the sins of my brothers in Christ I am close with. I know the sins of my wife. She knows my sins, mm-hmm. you know. But if we are always like nitpicking one another's sins, what's that's a what? No, uh, there's there's a way to correct yeah. without always calling out all the sin we mm-hmm. see. And I think Paul is getting at that here. It's beautiful and it's gracious and it's, and it's loving and it's kind. Um, and uh, there are times, I think, when people do just need to straight up be called out. Mm hmm. Well, you know it's um, funny, but, but, but that's not <laughs> yes, that's not sir, what Paul but do. that's not what Paul was getting at in this text. Right? text. But there was there was a man from, who was living with his father's wife that he calls out in the letter. But I think because he he was upset because the church tolerated that. Yeah. Now, had Paul been there, he probably would have gone to QT, gone and talked to him about it mm-hmm. before he brought it to the church for church discipline. Right. But today, if we have somebody in that church like that, that's it's the responsibility of the elders to talk to him about it seriously because you don't want to leave him. You don't want him to leave the church. Exactly. So change his, 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 uh, the way he's living, mm-hmm. you know. but not in front of the whole church until after you talk to him. Right. And I don't know if it's ever proper to put him in front of the whole church. Now, if it's an elder, you don't even give him the benefit of that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you say, I'm going to talk to you. I'm telling you now, I'm going to bring you to the attention of the church. Right. Right. And then you call you, you call them out because the church cannot tolerate leadership. If it's and, if it's moral failure or unsound doctrine, yeah. once you have moral failure, I don't think you can be an owner again. I, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's you and I yeah. you and I may disagree on that because I think I think there's room for sincere repentance and restoration. I believe there is a room for for yeah. prayer, but I don't believe that there is room for restoration because he is not yeah, part of Yeah, there's something to do with the reputation there, huh? And the, yeah, and the character there's qualifications. Some, there's something yeah. about being a, a one-woman man. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I'm not saying the man's yeah. doomed for hell. Right. But I'm saying that, I mean, I I once went to a church where the pastor had been married five times, and that was the only uh-huh. I went once, and then I left. I, because what can he tell me about life? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he, when he, Please, every time he has a confrontation, it's like, right. you know, either, either he has bad judgment. <laughs> That's probably it. But I'm willing to be convinced otherwise mm-hmm. by scripture that, that yeah. he could fill the pulpit again. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I hate to see. So like guys like, um, say Mark Driscoll comes to mind who uh, disqualified himself by having a demeanor that was not appropriate for an elder of the church. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and his elders caught on to that, and they addressed it, and they asked him to step down. Uh, years later, after he has repented, he is a pastor again, and he is different. Um, I think there's room for restoration there. Uh, the, the same sort of controversy, um, uh, the same sort of disagreement was seen in uh, the Roman Catholic Church mm-hmm. with the Donatists, mm-hmm. right? So there were people who committed apostasy, the Roman version of apostasy, the Romanistic version of apostasy, which was leaving the Roman Catholic Church. And the Roman Catholic Church came back to power, and the guys wanted back in as priests. Hmm. Um, well, I, I think in that case, you have to 
to measure motivation. Like, are you sincerely repentant or not? And in some cases, the answer is going to be no, you haven't sincerely repented, so you cannot be restored. And in some, yeah, there's sincere repentance, there's life change. You are now a one woman type of man when as before you were not. So now you meet the qualifications before you did not. We can start the process maybe of restoring, you know, you know, something like that. Um, but that would be, you know, it's, it's, it's unlikely people are slow to change, um, especially when it comes to matters of adultery. Um, but still there's that correction needed and, and the amazing promise of the gospel is restoration. And we, we probably would do well not to forget the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I was just thinking of David. I mean, David was a man after God's yeah. own heart. Mm-hmm. He commits murder and adultery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And what I find amazing about that was the law mm-hmm. said that, that that law was supposed to be read before the king daily. He knew that that was wrong. Mm-hmm. But he had, the scripture seems to think that he, he took a vacation and he didn't know that what he was doing was wrong. And as that comedian whose name I can't remember, it's good to be king. Yeah. Because had he been just a normal subject, they would have they would have killed. Him. He would have been dispatched. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, did you ever wonder why some cry, some sins there was no there was no you could not you could not sacrifice. There was no sacrifice for murder. He died. Yeah, yeah. There was no sacrifice for you died. The sacrifice was your life. Mm-hmm. And you look at that. It's it's it be a, God did not abandon David. Right. And David turned. David had problems in his family. Mm. <laughs> that poor guy. But you know, I'll have to rethink this, Pastor. Maybe, maybe you're right. And, well, gee, this is the first time I've been in Rome for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just wrong. I was just wrong. I'm sorry. I have to correct myself. I was wrong just before I came here. My wife said, "Albert." When oh, I, that's when it. I heard Albert. I'm, yeah, you're I'm wrong. wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> This is, this isn't Memorex. It's live. I have a wonderful wife. She's a Godfrey. Oh, yeah. I love and her. She, and cool. she will tell me, and I appreciate it, too, when she says, you were too short with that person. Mm-hmm. You need to have a little more compassion for him. Because I, I say, you know, I have, I don't have a whole lot of patience for stupid. You know? mm-hmm. If you lie down <laughs> with dogs and you get up with fleas. Semper fi. You know? But my wife says, "You have okay, what? What would Christ have you do? Yeah. Well, he would have me help the man get rid of his vice and accept him in the fellowship of Christ. Yeah, because he made a mistake. You know, mm. that so, type of woman like mm-hmm. shows her maturity and the love of the Lord. Yeah. I, I can I can relate yeah. because their desire for Gentle correction mm-hmm. is to see restoration, exactly. which is the mark of All right. So oh. she should be the elder, not me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's not go there. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> We're having that conversation yeah. today. Yeah. 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 I'm get here to preach. Do I talk about Beth Moore? Oh, only on yeah. Mother's oh, Day. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I did mention Beth Moore. You did mention yes, you did. And we're talking about the sufficiency of Scripture in verse 6. So. I, uh. I, 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 I say that sort of left-handed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you uh, talking about the sufficiency of Scripture. Um, mm. Do you think the church has failed to recognize the sufficiency of Scripture today, even if it recognizes the authority of Scripture? Yep. How so? Because I don't think they're telling people they're trying. They're, they're, they're telling people. They're telling people. They're telling people. Mm. They're telling people. They're not showing people anymore. Mm. 
there's a difference for me. I don't know if it's a different school or if it's an army school or whatnot, but it's, it's like you can tell people everything you want. They don't understand it. That's really all that's necessary is the scripture. Yeah. We're not, we need to show that to them. We can't right. tell that to them. We got to show it to them. And that's, and that's hard. That's not easy. Right. Because it seems that's like everyone hard. says, you know, we believe the Bible. It's like the right. mantra of every church. Of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Which Bible? Until you get into you know, that, it's like, it's what like, do you mean by that's that? That's the same yeah. problem with being that? educated, but not growing. You know, it's like you're getting, oh, that's you're, you're getting information, but you're not being sanctified. Yeah, it's the same problem that we see there. We believe the Bible. I like the Bible. I do too. I like chocolate, but I don't eat it all the time. <laughs> well, you should. <laughs> you know? I think that most, maybe not most, but yeah, I'll say most. Most churches don't teach scripture the way it is written. It is difficult even when you know that you should obey Christ. If you love me, you will obey me. If yeah. you love me, you will not covet. If you love me, you will you will not think evil of other people. If you love me, if you love me, if you love me, you will obey me. You will obey me. We'll, we don't believe that. We do not believe mm. when it says, if you have Christ, if you only want to do what Christ wants you to do, mm -hmm. you can do what you want. Think about that. If all you want to do is the will of the Father, you can do what you want. That's it. Yeah. And we don't believe that sometimes mm -hmm. because we think if I cut this angle here, it'll be all right. Mm -hmm. Whatever that angle is, wherever right. it is, money, wealth, mm -hmm. you know, fame. But Christ says, no, that's that's not the way to do it. I love a cheerful giver. So when yeah. you give, give cheerfully. Don't give out of compulsion or someone tells you you have to give 10%. That's mm -hmm. Old Testament. If you look at the Old Testament, it's probably closer to 30% than it is 10%. So we want <laughs> to right. still want to legalistically with God. Father, if you will do this, I will do this. You know, oh. I really don't need you to do that, son. Yeah. But we can't, it, can't, it sticks here, but we live here. Yeah. And mm -hmm. most of us just don't, we don't, we don't trust God. What is, what is sola scriptura? And how can I, I mean, I, I mentioned this in the sermon, but how can I feel okay if I still want to study philosophy and science? And if so, the scripture, again, I'll ask, why, why the heck do we even need a preacher? One of the important uh, aspects that we need to reflect on when we talk about the soul is, is, is we're talking about the salvation of God. Mm. Um, so if our mind's focused on what is the soul, it's, uh, we're, we're saved by the, the revelation of what Scripture has shown us and and not more than, not, than what is there. So, so not the traditions or the dogmas that's right, say right. Roman Catholicism, which is what this, this statement was developed in response to was Catholic dogma and the, uh, the exaltation of tradition and the church, the mm -hmm. ecclesia, over the scriptures right right so it was the interpretation of the church that was rule not the scriptures themselves that were the rule right. so the scriptures weren't sufficient you needed tradition and you needed the church's official interpretation mm -hmm. yep. and i think it's done nothing to get worse going too oh, sure a protestant church is just as bad yeah. today yeah oh it's yeah over in europe it, it's yeah I don't, get this, I don't know how many people go to church anymore in europe you know what? It's scary. The only thing that I remember about that, and it was just drenched in Catholicism, 
I mean, it's Sicily. Right? Of course, you know, of course. they tout statues of Mother Mary in a parade on Easter so everybody can kneel and bow and pray. But mm. I mean, you probably I, went to church with Don Carino or something. Tumino. His name was oh, Tumino. Tumino. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Tumino. We don't have a Ragusa. But anyway, different story. Nice guy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know how accurate the study was, but there was an article about only 48% of Americans yeah. think that religion is important. I mm. saw that. You know? I saw and that. I was. I, I love reading history. Mm-hmm. And if history teaches us anything, it teaches us that if religion is... Re- Divorced from society, mm. the state then becomes the religion. Mm. And look around you today. That's right. exactly I what's happening. This, I kneel for this. No, you don't kneel for that. You just stand for that. Yeah. And so it's like my country, right or wrong. You know, it's yeah. like saying my mother, whore, whore or not. You know, right. wait a You know, she's your mother. He's your mother. She is your mother. <laughs> you cannot say. Yeah. You, you cannot say. Well, yeah, there's another conversation. conversation you know, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> 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 and you and you love oh, it when God man, comes yeah. first. <laughs> we are we are citizens of the United States. We're citizens of heaven. This Residence, is not our right. home. We're passing through, and I feel, I'm proud to be an American. Why you had nothing to do with it unless you mm-hmm. immigrated here? Yeah, and that's you know. what you're getting at. There is the new imperialism, right? The the new Im- imperial cult. Um, yeah, and and in the United mm-hmm. States today, we're seeing two imperial cults emerge. One mm-hmm. is. One is very liberal and one is very, very conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, uh, in both instances, in both instances, they're nationalistic in a in a different way, uh, pursuing different types of governments, pursuing pursuing different types of new financial systems on both sides. And and there is a culture war between the two 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 imperial cults, and that culture war is being fought uh, in uh, the judicial system in the legislative branch. Particularly, the executive branch is taking on the legislative role, even uh, which mm-hmm. is um, that's that's straight <laughs> that's that is straight up uh, not democratic, <laughs> you know, right. just, yep. which is crazy. And then um, the battle is also being fought in the school system. So, uh, so the, the public uh, schools are the new state church, which mm-hmm. itself is unconstitutional. <laughs> And public schools are being used to, and the and the state schools and the colleges and universities, um, from from kindergarten on up through graduation, being used to forward uh, the worldview of the new imperial cult, uh, which is an American. Mm. It's also not biblical. It's mm. yeah. really really uh, really scary when you start looking at all that and seeing seeing how people are getting their message out. Um, do not. Do not make the schools into a church. Uh, we have separation right. of church and state in this land for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, uh, the moral majority years ago, if, I don't know mm. if you remember that, but when the, when the, when a church and then the church, a lot of the churches got involved in politics and were Republicans for like, I think that's what they were, the moral majority. And it, it just got out of hand. The church has no business sticking its nose into the, into Caesar's world. Yes, except, we do. <laughs> except, except to, except to right. tell them when, when they're wrong. I mean, you, you stand you stand for the church, but outside of that, it doesn't matter who's in Washington. Yeah. It doesn't matter. God's, God's already set them up. 
Yeah. There are, there's, so, so why do you want to fight against something God's already preordained that it's going to be that way? Ooh, oh, that's a great question. What is the question for Johnny, you? come on now. And I'm that's where we already. get into motivation. So we talked about the motivation for evangelism is to honor God, not just to win as many people as possible. <laughs> yeah, why? Because God is the one to be honored. Yeah. That's the motivations for speaking up about the moral issues within our current political system. And that's the way I'm going to word it because, uh, you know, uh, we can, we can speak politics all we want, but if we just stay speaking politics and all we're going to do is, is, is beat the, beat a dead drum, beat a dead horse. horse. So, so we, so we reason concerning ethics Yes, and we reason Uh, concerning what honors God and let that inform the political world. That's how we need to speak into the political world today, not just say Democrats are ugly or whatever right. it is. You know? you no, speak, 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 what, with, speak what, with reason. What does Christ say? <laughs> Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar and to God the things that are God's. So the only thing you owe Caesar is your taxes. He has a right to tax you. Now you can preach the gospel and he can put you in jail, but you cannot say he can't put me in jail. You can't do that. I'll take that. Yeah. That's that's the way. That's just the way it is. But I, I have trouble with political churches. Turn me off. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I can. Was, I can make up my own mind who. You know, yeah. Yeah. The the letters of, uh, of course, Paul's example. He he writes Romans thirteen from prison. Yes. Where he's serving for preaching the gospel. Yeah, that's kind of deep. Yeah. So I didn't do that in jail. It's, it's like, it's like, a, it's like, it's like they put him in jail for preaching the gospel. He was yeah. breaking the law of Rome. And then he says, honor the governor, you know, honor the government, yes. um, submit to, submit <laughs> to the government. That's what it means to submit to the government. It doesn't mean stop preaching the gospel. It means no, continue honoring right. God when the government throws you in jail, preach the gospel there too. Yeah, okay. That's, right. that's what it means to honor the government. And then I think about the letters of Pliny the Younger. Uh, you know, he, he was investigating the church and writing letters back to the emperor. And he he was charged with throwing Christians in jail, persecuting Christians, mm-hmm. investigating them. And basically his letter went something like this. I really am not sure why we're persecuting Christians and throwing them in jail and offering them up to be martyred. I'm not sure why we're doing that, because in their worship services, they sing a song. They worship Jesus the Christ as Lord. And they're teaching people to pay their taxes and pray for their government. And here we are persecuting them. It's like, this is the church. That's what we are to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, we honor the government. We speak truth into the government, but we, but we honor the government God has placed us under for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of Christ's name. And if the government will persecute us for that, so be it. To God be the glory. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Which is exactly what's happening. right? That's now. exactly exactly what's happening. <laughs> In Moscow, Idaho. So, <laughs> and was, Canada. In Canada. That was, was preordained. <laughs> it, it was. To, to uh, it glory. seems that the church it's grows good. more through persecution than yes. just through. Oh, that's a good segue. Life. And by the way, keep your nose out of politics. Honor Christ and let Caesar do what he's going to do because you're not going to dissuade him anyway. Mm. It's, it's it's a control issue. No, well, it, it could. I mean, be. for them, it, it could be. I don't yeah. know how many Christians there are or, or religious people there are in Congress. I I, I don't know three. And, and I, well, and, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But we're we're called to preach the gospel in season. Yeah. I love that in season and out of season. That's it. Means whether you feel like it or not. Now that's I just a that. downer. Yeah. That's and if you're called before death. Caesar's court to give an account of, no. of your teaching, then you stand Amen. there and you give an account. Yeah, yeah. they'll hear the gospel. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think one of the plain things that we have 
a, a duty to you know proclaim to the government is what we have been instructed to, which is like God God instructs you to to kiss the sun or you'll perish. Mm-hmm. So it's like our duty is to be you know God's mouthpiece as the church. You know, it's like and, and we're 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 putting forward what He's revealed through the Scripture. And one of those things that that is stunning to us, and we do it in love and submission, is like we are. We, as, as we are telling everyone, as God does, you know, he commands all people everywhere to repent. He He instructs the governments. I'm king now, you know, federal head, as you would word it. I like that wording over over this creation. And we we remind the governing officials who are just like us in just different seated positions of, right. uh, you know, whatever, whatever sphere of authority they have been given by God. Your authority, authority comes from him. And and you are not to go beyond that, and it, it must be within the confines of of what he's instructed you to do. Exactly. And that's that's a I think just a simple obligation, um, not to oppose government, but to love them and say, hey, that's this it. is what Christ has said. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I miss I miss what you. What I, what I Wait, are, are you are you con- are you a Republican or Democrat? I can't tell right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. It, it means you're a Christian. Yeah, and you, don't, you don't have to identify. So I, I want Christian mm. brothers and sisters to know this, right? Yeah. Um, you can be a registered Republican or Democrat. Yeah, whatever. Those are not our identifiers. Christ no. is. That's right. Okay. So everything that the government does, we don't weigh according to a Republican platform or a Democratic platform, and we don't follow it because it is either Republican or Democrat, right? Whatever comes down from the government, whatever comes down from the higher-ups, we have one standard. That is the Bible. Amen. We look at it according to the Bible. We see if it is Christian or not. Not if it is Republican or not. Not if it is Democratic or not. If it is biblical. That's our standard. That's what we look for, and that's how we vote. That's how we support the candidates we support for office. Uh, that's how we, if we are going to jump behind a, a man-made platform, that's the standard by which we, by which we operate, not by a Republican standard. Yeah. Or Demo- Those things are changing all the time, but, mm-hmm. but God does not, and His book, the biblical standard does yeah. not change. And that's, that's why I appreciate like that's what true. Albert said too. Like, like Caesar will be Caesar. Yeah. Um, the governments will do what God has ordained them to do, um, but we are likewise supposed to. You know, be faithful in proclaiming the truth that he has revealed us to, to proclaim that's that's for his glory. That, what I meant was yeah. don't 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 preach from the pulpit Democrat or Republican. Right. Don't right. don't tell the congregation. There are churches yeah. that tell the people vote this way. Yeah. That's, that's wrong. I think that is and, wrong. It's that's what I mean when that is really none of the churches. I believe in complete separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. It's no longer accepted in this land, mm-hmm. separation right. of church and state. They know they well, the state is a church now. Yeah. Right. It has become. It has become. But once you start dealing into political, the church said, "We're here for the gospel." Right. To, to one and That's all. That's it. And if we're called before Caesar, we like Paul, or was it Peter? Yes. We, we, both yeah. of them were called before. You you tell them what Christ said. That's it. I think one of the big issues that we're seeing is the. Um, I just lost my train of thought. For you good, bro. <laughs> why, why you get it back? I just mentioned you do think about Paul when he is um, before the authorities, and uh, hmm. he was he was asked. Yeah, <laughs> you took that pen. Oh, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> you think about Paul before the authorities, 
And uh, the guy asked, are you trying to convert me right now? <laughs> Paul said, as long as, this is my paraphrase, as long as I have breath. I'm not, yeah, here, yeah, yeah. I'm not here to defend myself. I'm here to testify about Christ. That's as right. long as I have breath, I will try to convert you. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I got my train of thought back, though. Go for it. <laughs> because I, didn't <laughs> um, I, I see when, when politics come in, into Christianity or vice versa, like the, one of the issues that we're having that tends to sway us too much is a watering down of the understanding of the sovereignty of God. <laughs> and, and that is such a, and I'm not saying like, this is like a side issue. Like this is like front and center elephant in the room um, <laughs> problem. And, and there are no the, elephants the, in the room. <laughs> those don't exist. There are topics yeah. that Christians intentionally avoid. Really, I mean, the the issue comes in when we try to 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 thwart the will of God, even if we're doing it in a good way. You know, it's like it's like, well, I need to do this because um, it's 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 better, or or should I say the the new fun word or funner word, gooder? (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's a more funner word. Welcome to America, America, and yeah, we don't. God's will. He has established all the rulers that reign, yeah. and and He is accomplishing things through those rulers. The the current administration is placed by God. It, it's that simple. What purpose? He knows, and it's being revealed. <laughs> and I think some of that is pretty obvious because, yeah. like with the, re- the the way the rest of culture is going, you know, we see how um, the, the foolishness of men. Is being exposed big so time. First Corinthians, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and like big time. I love that. Whether it's like little little one on ones with people, where you see like, wow, God's truth, boom, right? You're, yeah. you're revealing your depravity, or it's globally or in between. It's like God shows, <laughs> I'm I'm king. You know, I rule, I reign, I I've created you. You're yeah. dust. Yeah. You know, what are you? <laughs> When you when you want to testify to people, you pick somebody out, whoever, whoever somebody is, and you spend time with them and time and time. And sometimes I wonder to to do the, the will of God is not it's not snap crackle and pop, because there'll come a point when the spirit will say stop it. That's right. Stop it. You were supposed to be over here. This is, no. where, this is where I wanted you, not here. Like when yeah. the Paul was it Paul or Peter that was denied entry into Europe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think of this. Yeah. Think of this. Don't go there. Yeah. No, I want you here. Don't go there. But I want it. No. I want to go to Africa. No, you stay in Cincinnati. But I want to, you know, they need me in Phoenix. No, they don't need you in Phoenix. And that's where the inner battle oh. begins. I've been, I've been running this show for many, many years. Even before the world was created, I was running this show. Yeah. Thanks for your input. But I think, <laughs> I think I'll just go the way I want to. Thank you, Father. Yeah. I have a wife oh, that says, man. I can't find this pin. I said, Whatever the object is, and she'll say, Jesus, you know I need this. Help me find it. Mm-hmm. A few minutes later, she finds it and says, Thank you, Jesus. This woman prays over fountain pens. You talking about my wife? <laughs> she prays over that's the type of woman she is. Mm-hmm. And she'll just say, You know this, you already know this. Now help me find it. And mm-hmm. there it is. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. 
it's it, it's amazing. It is it is difficult to work out your your salvation with fear and trembling. Mm, yeah. Well, and, and getting back at the the passage from this morning, um, even Paul was was like, I, I wish that I wish that he would have become kings, right? Because yeah. so that we, yeah. so that I could reign with you, right. not so that I could reign over you. Paul wasn't concerned about his own authority. Uh, he was he was concerned about having coworkers and co heirs in the gospel and having Christ as the head of the church, right? Um, I, I make this realization and it's important for all of us to make mm-hmm. this realization. Uh, God doesn't need me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a painful thing. No, we, really. I mean, you, you I mean, it's liberating. It's liberating. I need him so bad. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's like, no, if, if I, if I was martyred today, the gospel would go on. Sure. Someone else would preach the gospel. God doesn't need me on his earth sharing his gospel. Uh, I get to. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Lord. <laughs> right. he, doesn't, he doesn't need any of us. And somehow we 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 get this like um, complex, I guess, and, and we start thinking, I need to feel needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we all do we need all to do. feel like we're doing something, mm-hmm. right? Um, but to have a, a high-maintenance Christian who who always needs to feel like they are necessary to the work of the church and the work of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that is idolatry. Mm-hmm. Right? Of um, and I've seen people leave their places <clears throat> of ministry because they are, they don't feel like they're needed. And it's like when, when, when guys come to me and say, Hey, uh, I don't feel like I'm needed. The only response I can give biblically is, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pleasant. You serve by grace, by the grace of God. You you think He needs you? Yeah. <laughs> no, that would subject God to humanity. He does yes. not. Uh, which is why we are free to suffer for the gospel, and which is why we are free to find joy in our work. Um, because if somehow that work was not going to be done, God will accomplish His will anyway. Yeah, uh, which is another reason I think as we age, and, and I'm thinking about this while I'm still a young man, right? As we age, uh, we are not able to do as much. Uh, it's important for young men to prepare themselves while they're young for such a reality, you. because it's through through age and frailness that God shows us we're, we're not as Mac Daddy as we think we are starting mm-hmm. out, and that's that's so important. Because starting out in ministry, I was like. Got this, yeah, right. Don't got this. No, no. <laughs> when, you know. when, when Paul was talking about reigning, you know, was, what he was saying is, I thought of uh, we'll reign with Christ, whatever that means. Think of that, Almighty God to reign, then would be almost equal with Him. Oh, because if you're reigning, usually wow. you think of reigning, there's only one. Well, there's only one sovereign. Right. By definition, that's almighty God. But that he would consider us to reign with him. I, I don't know what that means. That's tough. We got time. I, just, got time. I got questions. But that yeah, he, And then he says, he said to disciples, I'm ascending to my father and to my God, right. your God, to my father and your father. Mm. To be called a brother of almighty God. Mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If that fills you with pride, I feel sorry for you. Uh, if that doesn't drop you to your knees and say, Lord God, you oh. created me to reflect your glory. And when you see me, you see Jesus. There is no way 
that you can earn that. It, it yeah. can't be done. You have nothing that wasn't given to you, like Scripture says. Mm. You came into this world naked, you're going to go out without nothing, you know? I, I love it. I told people once, I'm going to get a U-Haul. Since I can't sit it ahead, I'm going to take it with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be, to be reigning with I, Christ. I got that. <laughs> to be reigning with Christ is to uh, be restored to humanity's position over creation uh, that humanity had before the fall of Adam and Eve, right? So Christ becomes, the, Christ is a second Adam, mm-hmm. becomes a second Adam in his incarnation, becomes the federal head of creation, the federal king, and we are in him, part of his federal kingdom. So Christians, it's Christian, not everyone else, it is Christians, those in Christ, uh, which would include Messianic Jews, right? Mm-hmm. Those in Christ who are now representative rulers over creation under the federal head who is Christ, the second Adam. So that's how we fit as rulers, those reigning with Christ. And that comes with some level of judgment. Scripture says Mm -hmm. uh, we we will judge the angels. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will have some role in in Christ's judgment uh, over the uh, Christ's judgment of the heathen nations, the nations that rage. Um, We will have some, something to do with that, but it is very humbling. And it's not that we will be, equal to Christ in his federal headship. No. No, Not possible. But he will restore humanity, those who are in him anyway, as representative rulers over creation. So on the new earth, we will work and we will labor and we will steward. Um, We will do so without toil, but we will do so in service to King Jesus. Mm. Whatever it is, whatever place of service he has for us on, on the new earth and the resurrection. Yeah. It'd be and wonderful. With, and without sin, I think. Yeah. You, um, I don't think you could face Christ if you had your sins with you. I don't no. face mm-hmm. Father with you. So they're going, they have to be gone. Instantly purged. <clears throat> well, that's, that's a, John writes in first John, you know, you know, you know, Christ, if you are without sin, <laughs> mm-hmm. what? <laughs> so if I, if I am not, if I have not fully overcome my own sinful tendencies, that means I do not fully know Christ yet. Mm-hmm. So we can't overcome them. That's the rub. We can't take the spirit. Takes the spirit. Takes the spirit. Which and in the resurrection without sin, that means we will fully know Christ relationally. Not that yes. we will fully know everything about Him. That's no. impossible. But no. we will fully know Him relationally. We don't even know each other. That <laughs> well. no. We don't even know another human no. being fully. So how would right. Almighty God to know Him? That's deep. I got a question. Go. <laughs> okay. You said like the- <laughs> I got a question. First of all, this coffee requires a prescription. Oh, yeah. Um, is, there is there any more that left? Huh? No. I don't know. No. Like, let's see. Check first. No. That's all check. There's no coffee problem. Okay. You made the quote. Uh-oh. And I love this because so often. T- there's none left. Ah, come on, man. Just because Let's he's the it. boss. It. <laughs> there is no okay. boss here. Jesus is yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the actual Je- boss. He's Jesus, holding the coffee pot. Jesus is the boss. You didn't get no more, dude. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. You, oh, really? You're flying high? Okay, question. Flying high. Flying, flying high again. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, you said if, if people say this, and I have heard this, being a being in, in a ministerial position for 28 years, I've heard this so many times. And when you said this, I got excited. You said, how many people come up to how many, said, I think I'm being called to be a pastor. Uh, mm. The first thing I tell them is you better run, boy. Run. Yeah, run. There, is no, there is no thinking. You don't oh. think you're supposed to be. You just know. 
God tells you. God, God showed, uh, you know. Okay, so here's, you know, my story, right? No. No? So uh, I was a senior in high school, and I felt like God might be calling me into ministry, to pursue ministry full-time. Uh-huh. And I think out loud in my bedroom, I said, no, God, <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> Right. Take that. Uh, so I said, nope, I'm doing graphic design, six figures right out of college. All right. Yeah. Doing graphic design. Well, he won. Yeah. That's, no. that's what being called to be a pastor looks like. Yeah, not, exactly. not this. Oh, I feel like there's this glorious role and I, I, I feel called to be a pastor. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. Oh man, that, run, I, boy, I run. Freak. That's it. See, if, run. run, boy, run, and if it's God's desire, He'll bring you into it. Yeah. <laughs> you I think the, the good part in our generation is it's no longer like a, a glamorous job right. because the last Glam. generation people really esteemed like the the general public, the unbelieving world. They look generally up. esteemed pastors. Yes, they they say, Whoa, you're not, a pastor? Not so. It's a yeah. Day. I That's mean, it's was flipped down its head today. Now, mm-hmm. now it's like. You're in a Christian yeah. idiot. Like, what's wrong with you? You're giving your yeah, life so to study the Bible <laughs> and to teach. Like, <laughs> so I'm playing. I'm playing at uh, Stronghold Cafe. Playing at Stronghold Cafe, and uh, people walk in, and I'll strike up a conversation with them, and they learn that I'm a pastor. Mm. And immediately they look at the table where I have my beer setting, and they're like, "You sure, bro?" that just that's just an indicative sign of where their mindset is. In all that, yeah. Well, well, I and, think and it's funny because when they say that, they're like, "What kind of pastor are you?" I'm like, "My Christian pastor." Yeah, but 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 they see the beer sitting there, and immediately their guard is down. They're like so chill, yeah. whereas yeah. in any other circumstance, like people are so like uptight, and they they hear that, and they're like, "I'm not sharing anything with you." Right. <laughs> yeah. well, rightly, the world's rightly gotten a misconception of Christians right. because. I see we very loosely uh, as professing believers act self-righteously. You know, you hide your sin. You don't confess it by any means. My goodness, especially not in the gathering of the church. If you do that, like what, what did you do this week? Like, and, and like you, you put this, you put forward this I can't perception of the people that I'm, I'm perfect. You know, you I, don't do, I don't sit and look at, and then you judge other people very harshly, you know, and the things that they you, do. You had a cigarette? You yeah, sure you saved bro? Exactly. Yeah. And and that's the that's perception exactly wrong. I've heard that, that we weeks. have conveyed about myself like, somebody to like to Are you serious? The world. Yeah. 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 What, what is that? What? I don't know. There's too many people talking at the same time. Didn't you say... (laughs) I'm just really focused on this coffee right now. Didn't you say you were going to get a sign from my office that says confessional? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Confessional in in, the pastor's office. Uh, I hear James said confessional sins. That's right. One to another. One may be healed. That's right. That is... Now that I... I see that as liberation. I do too. Yeah. When you can find yourself an accountability partner that you're not afraid to open the doors wide open, that's liberation. That alone in itself, just even even if you don't do it, even if you don't go through the motions of saying, uh, Gunny, I did this, I feel bad about this, but just knowing the fact that you even have an accountability, accountability mm-hmm. partner in that aspect or a mm-hmm. spiritual parent or you know something that... It's you know, one of the most liberating realization is I'm an alcoholic. And then you find out that I'm not unique. 10% of this country is involved in, in alcohol and drugs, who knows how many. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone. 
Yeah, it's right. There are other people. It's not that sin is not that unique. It's it's the way we are. Wow. And there there are <laughs> sins that you say, yeah. well, did you are you ashamed that you did that? Well, no. Then why did you do it in public? Yeah. Why, why did you go hide when you did this if you're not ashamed mm-hmm. of it? Yeah. We're ashamed because we know it's wrong. We know deep down because the spirit. God, tells Holy Spirit, and everybody tells us mm-hmm. that is unacceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. And I can remember I was talking to someone, and he said, "Did it?" And I said, "Why did you do that?" He says, "Well, at least I didn't drink." And, like, <laughs> and I looked at him and said, "Unacceptable behavior is unacceptable behavior, either drunk way. or sober. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You can't say well, I was sober to get drunk then, and then you got an excuse. It's yeah. like this." We play these mind games, and when we become Christians, we go, we, we set aside alcohol, but there's something else. Mm. There, there's self, and it always comes back to self. Mm. Self. I yeah. want what I want when I want it the way I want it, and if I don't get it, somebody's going to pay for it. Right. Now, these thoughts are still with me, and this is 40 years yeah. after I found Christ, and I, he didn't even know he was lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's hard. It's, it's hard to... You, you, we cannot. I cannot divorce myself from my nasty nature, my evil nope. nature. It's not as bad as it was, but still, I have thoughts that are not Christian. Hmm. They're, they're oh just, boy, they're, they're hateful. I'm, I ain't gonna open that. I'm an age now where women don't excite me. Besides, that's <laughs> that's really a liberation when you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it is. A, it is a form of liberation because you could look at women now and enjoy their beauty because there are no ugly women. What are you talking about? Just, I have no idea what you're talking about, some, Albert. Some, <laughs> some are better looking than others. I don't struggle with that. I had struggled with that. I struggled with that in, in yeah. my early, I did. I, I did. Mm. If, I, if I were 20 now, I'd be glued to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but these are things that, that men all suffer from this, one form or another. It's mm-hmm. just the way God wired us. But let's be adults and say yes. Sometimes it is a cross, but thanks be to God who gave me the victory through mm. Christ. And some of these things I still wrestle with. Mm. And we wrestle with God. And that's why we limp. Because mm, we wrestle with God. There you go. Mm. Well, it, it, the older I, I get, questions. the more I realize that the, the sound in the, like, like Shakespeare said, the sound in the fury, but it signifies something. Mm. Well, guys, we are out of time. No, no, are we? No, 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 no. I've got way too much coffee in me for you to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> let's do next week episode. Yeah, let's you're, do it. You're right gonna do next week's episode right now. You want to have a special midweek episode? <laughs> and, uh, you know, just do an extra thing. Uh, no, we are out of time. Uh, so I want to thank you guys for joining us for this episode of the Blacktop Pulpit by the Church at Sunsites. Please visit thechurchatsunsites.com. See all the resources there we have for you to pray over our ministry here uh, and to click that donate button. Uh, as I mentioned before, all of the dollars donated with the notation blacktop pulpit go to our deacons benevolence fund uh, so that our, our deacons have the funds they need to serve our, our church and community uh, through their, their acts of charity welfare. So uh, any, anything else? Yeah, I had a whole bunch more. Yeah, me too, man. I had like today. 20 <laughs> questions. <laughs> Seriously, we, no, we can I'm do kidding. another episode if you want. Just, no, no, that's no, fine. That's fine. <laughs> I think we're I need a cigar. Everybody, fun, <laughs> funny faces of the camera, y'all. There. Uh, <laughs> we'll catch y'all next time. I don't even know where the camera. Oh, I keep thinking that's the camera. I keep looking at the microphone, going, "Bye." Oh. <laughs>